This is Evolutionary Radio. This is your host, Trevor Kuritsen. We have a very special guest episode for you guys today. So in addition to Steve Sweet joining me, we have Evolutionary.org forum member, Outlaw V2 joining us. So Outlaw, thank you so much for coming on the show. Your real name's Jason, so we'll call you Jason moving forward. Yeah. But thank yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, that works, man. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for the opportunity to be here. And then, of course, we got Steve checking in. Yeah, what's up, guys? So, uh, Jason, um, I, um, we were talking about pre-show a little bit, and uh, we were together. Tell us a little bit about uh, what Trevor asked you pre-show. Tell, tell all the listeners about you. Okay, I'll just, you know, I'll just give you a little bit of history on me. Um, I've, always, I've always been into the gym. I came in the military at a really young age, uh, at 17. Um, I, was a, I was a load master, like, the last pretty much 13 years of my career, so... I always wanted to stay in shape, but like being a load master, basically, I was in aviation. I was loading air cargo airplanes, and obviously, after you know, 9/11 kicked off, that was like right in the middle of my career. So the uh, the proverbial shit hit the fan, so to speak. So we started doing some really heavy uh, loads when it came to flying. So it kind of, with trying to stay in shape, it made me it made it real tough because obviously your body wants consistency. You know, you want consistency of workouts, consistency of diet, and I couldn't have that because I was traveling a lot on the road. So I had to kind of make, you know, <laughs> make some headways on, uh, on like meal planning, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. When you're traveling, obviously, that's the hardest time to stay in shape. So I just kind of like, I, I made it through it. I did my 20-year career. Um, I retired when I was 37. And I had always, being that I was traveling on the road in the Air Force, I never really was able to get really like big. I wasn't really able to really like pack on size because again, I'm traveling, the quality of the gyms on the road are, you know, substandard. I was so I was never able to get really big. So once I, I got to around 37, um, I went into uh, to see my doctor. Obviously, I have, you know, pretty good, pretty good health care. I went in to see the doctor. Um, I got measured my testosterone, had my testosterone checked, and, and it was low. Um, so the doctor, you know, the doctor kind of gave me some options for TRT. And it was at this point um, that I started kind of researching my, on my own about, yeah, you know, TRT would be great, but I'd also like to, like, this opportunity to like you know put on some size so i got medical i got medically put on here and then i just started educating myself on uh, you know use of aas and peds and i started that i took about three years from 37 to 40 before i made the you know before i made the jump i wanted to make sure my body was kind of ready for it um i had i only had like a little a short short cycle experience in my 20s and it did nothing for me i talk about it a little bit on my youtube channel um but yeah, so basically what happened was when I was about 40, I jumped into it, you know, uh, full, you know, full head on, did my first cycle. And I mean, the results for me were, you know, just like nothing short of amazing. Um, and I was able to like, you know, I, I stay on, I'm a blast and cruise guy, um, you know, using my TRT, you know, for all my blast and cruises out there, you know, I, I'm, I've decided to be a lifer. Um, but again, it's medically uh, my doctor works with me. He works with me on, you know, how, how, how I feel as far as my test level. He's, he's basically very involved. He is an endocrinologist. So, you know, I'm not talking to some general practitioner that doesn't understand my needs and like, you know, what I'm looking for in the gym. Um, so basically over the last four years, I've been able to like meet a lot of my, uh, you know, nutrition goals, my fitness goals and so on and so forth, just by, you know, using a, a good blast and cruise technique. I, re- I do maybe one cycle a year, sometimes two, depending on what I have going on. Um, and that's it. I mean, I pretty much, now I'm 44. I jumped from about 165 to about 185. So, you know, I was able to put on some really good quality size um, and just, you know, just living life. And I feel great. I feel like I'm in my 20s. 
Um, so that's pretty much it. That's just a, <laughs> kind of a glimpse of my history, you know, with that. And then just as of late, um, I kind of wanted to share knowledge with the community. So I started up my YouTube channel and, uh, and that's, that's kind of how, I wouldn't say that's how Evo found me. I found Evo first, but, um, you know, they found me through using my YouTube channel and kind of wanting to spread, you know, some knowledge out there. And, uh, so make sure that everyone understands the bro science behind, uh, <laughs> you know, behind the use of this stuff. Cool. Cool. So me and Steve are probably going to alternate asking questions. Yeah. My first question for you, Jason, is you had low testosterone at 37. Like, that's pretty young. Yeah, that's yeah. becoming more and more common, right? Like all, every single day we're seeing someone on the message boards or in their thirties, some are even in their twenties and they have low testosterone. What do, you, what do you think caused it? Do you think it was just poor diet and lifestyle because you're always on the road traveling? I, I tend to think, I tend to think one thing about being a load master, they always talk about, uh, they always talk about cortisol levels and like when you're stressed out. And one thing about being a load master, especially in a war, is that it, it had to be probably second to air traffic control in a high stress job. I mean, it's one of those things where you make one mistake, you know, with the airplane, because we're responsible for all the load and balance, you know, making sure the plane flies right. So there's a lot of stress that's associated with that job. And in, in, my, in my flying career during the war, I put about 8,500 hours. I had 8,500 flying hours. So that's a year in the air. I mean, that's just time in the air. That doesn't include like ground handling and, you know, all the time that I spent around that aircraft. So I would say stress had a lot, a lot to do with it. My endocrinologist tends to think that it was like stress was a big load because when I had low testosterone, I wasn't really losing muscle mass, but my, um, my libido dropped noticeably. And at the time I was married, I didn't know, I was kind of, I was kind of going through a rough marriage. So I didn't really know whether like, is it because my marriage is breaking up or is it because I'm just not, I'm just not interested, you know, in sex. So that was kind of what made me make the jump to, uh, you know, go see a, a specialist and get checked out. Yeah, I think I agree, man. I think stress is a big one, especially if you're in a miserable marriage. That's <laughs> the worst oh. stress of all. You're like no stuck. Hide. <laughs> there was yeah. no way to hide at work and I couldn't hide at home. Yeah, so so tell us what kind of, you know, what's your schedule like during the week? How many days a week are you hitting the gym? Um, for those of you who are, you know, listening, listening to this and you want to check out Outlaw, you can go on our forum and what's the YouTube channel they can look at. Uh, right it's now. Outlaw V2. If you go on YouTube, um, my channel comes up, you just, you know, search Outlaw V2. Um, I've got, you know, I've got a bunch of videos on there talking about experiences with, you know, different compounds, how my, I, I mean, I've used the basic stuff. My, my cycling experience is pretty fundamental. Um, but you know, it revolves around trend balone and, you know, testosterone. So I've done, a, I've done a few things. I've done them all successfully, but I've also, I've made a few mistakes along the way that I also talk about on my YouTube channel. Okay. I don't want people to think that this is all, you know, rainbows and, you know, rainbows and sunshine, because obviously, you know, you, you've got to be smart and you just got to educate yourself. So, um, so yeah, let's get into, let's get into yeah. some mistakes right off the bat since you bung okay. it up. What are some mistakes that you talk about? Um, right off the bat that you noticed when you started doing this that you Man, can uh, advise you know when I when I first when I first got on obviously you know my <laughs> my doctor is not going to endorse the blasting he's not going to endorse adding you know other compounds like trenbolone so that's outside he knows of it but it's just outside his you know scope of interest so one of the things uh, that I first did is I listened to bros at the gym and I decided I wasn't going to run an AI uh, at a testosterone load of about 400 milligrams a week, which, you know, is I was dividing it. I think I was 150 propionate and 250 cypionate. I was basically splitting up esters. I was doing everything I needed to do as far as like the frequency of injections, but I wasn't running an AI because my bro that advised me was saying, ah, you don't need to run that because I don't run that. So 
that was one of the first lessons I learned is that nothing, nothing about this is, is, is suited for just the general population. You have to figure out what works for you. So essentially what happened is um, I, I stayed on cycle. I didn't run an AI because as we all know, you should get your AI before you start your cycle. So I ended up getting lumps underneath my nipples. My nipples were sore. I couldn't, I couldn't even lean on the preacher bench, you know, at times. And um, did you figure out, hey, while this was going on, that maybe I shouldn't have listened to my bros? Did you know what was going on? Or did you I think, man, this yes. is normal? I definitely did, but I'm one of those hard heads. Like, obviously, this is my first cycle. I'm thinking, like, is this how it's supposed to be? And this is kind of what led me to evolutionary and kind of like, you know, deciding like this this isn't a boat you should be on by yourself because if you're if you're on this boat by yourself, it's the Titanic, and at some point, it's gonna sink. Like, you gotta you gotta get with smart people, and you gotta like educate yourself on the proper use of this so over over a few cycles i figured out like now i know what you know what ai my body likes whether it be you know rimadex or romasin or you know anastrozole whatever you're using i know what my body likes so that that only came from trial and error but it doesn't have to be that way like if you prepare yourself during the first three years i was preparing myself i should have been thinking and like looking at things from a bigger a bigger picture and not just focusing on okay like this is the stuff that my bro said i need and this is this is it you know like i'm gonna take his word basically don't take anyone's word for your health always always get a second opinion a third opinion a tenth opinion if you can so so my question for you is how did you stumble upon evolutionary.org because the problem is is you google steroids right and you'll get a million hits and the majority of those websites are giving you wrong information like it just blows my mind some of the stuff I see on YouTube or some of the articles I just I want to rip my hair out like and that's the problem with the internet there's no editor right? exactly. so if you want a voice which is great because people like you can come on this podcast and talk but then at the same time people who probably shouldn't have a voice also have the ability to have a voice exactly I, I think I think with the internet um, I mean obviously I know you guys will agree like internet the the the, the transition to being able to talk to anyone you know in the world it basically it 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 kind of makes people that aren't certified to talk about certain topics like think they are certified so yeah you need everything on the internet you need to take with a, a, a huge grain of salt so i think what led me to evolutionary is that yeah i mean it was a typical like you know google search and i was on a couple of different websites i don't know i think it came down to just like the feeling i got about like the the members there and like knowing that the the knowledge base was a little bit better i had been to some other websites and it just you know it just didn't appeal to me i just kind of felt like the knowledge base wasn't there i kind of felt like i was the smartest one in the room <laughs> and, and that's a bad idea if you're the first guy <laughs> first guy in the room well i think our producer would, would be happy to hear that um so you know he can keep trevor and i around longer then if that's the right, case right. exactly so so in the gym, um, you're working out. How often a week are you working out right now? How many um, minutes? I typically, I typically like to do. Uh, I like to do five on. I try to do five on and two off. What I the the routine that's got me usually the best. I kind of like doing a two on. Like assuming my my workout week starts on a Monday, like most people's. Uh, I like to do a Monday Tuesday on. I take Wednesday off. I work Thursday Friday on. And then I pick one of the weekdays. It really comes down to like my personal life and what my girls got going on for me. You know, every, every one of us, like obviously have significant others. Maybe some of us have families. Some of us have work on the weekend. So everything's a workaround. So I try to pick one of those weekend days to kind of like go in there. I train, I usually train with my girl on the weekends. We go in there, we get a, like an early morning Saturday session or Sunday session. 
you know, bust it out. It's kind of one of the ways that I can, I can train with my girl and kind of include her like in this because, you know, I'm, I'm open about my use, you know, of, of AAS and PEDs with my girl. I think you should always be super open with your significant others because they're part of this. Like if, if, if you're doing this, they're part of that lifestyle. So um, it's kind of, so I want to hear, I want to hear that. How did you tell yeah. your girlfriend about this? Or, and, and, you know, what's the conversation that did this come up on the first date? Did it come up um, like when she came to your place and saw a syringe <laughs> laying in the waist? You know, you know, that's funny that you asked because for the, for the first, for the first, I would say, so first of all, we were long distance for a while. So when we were long distance, I never covered it with her. I had started to do cycles, but since she lived in Florida and I lived in California, I didn't really touch on it and I didn't want her, she's a nurse. So I didn't want her to give me the medical spiel, like, you know, you know, baby, you shouldn't be doing that because it can do this, that, and the other. So basically within about, my girl moved in with me in October of 2015. So when she moved in with me and she became like, not only like, you know, my girlfriend, but also like my roommate and my best friend and the person I wake up next to, I kind of decided that was the time that I needed to like, you know, like basically, you know, be upfront with her. So, um, I sat her down, I kind of discussed it with her and I, I told her about TRT and I kind of was like, you know, remember back when I was, you know, not feeling well, I kind of like, you know, harkened back to the, to the days where I wasn't really feeling like super, you know, great either about my body or like, you know, my sex drive or whatever it may be. Um, but as soon as I got to that point, you know, my girl basically took the news with like, you know, open arms and she was like, you know, babe, as long as you can, as long as you stay open with me and honest with me, and you understand that you know the risks that you're that you're you're taking then i'm on board with you you know and she wasn't you know she wasn't super judgmental or you know or any of that i think i think nine times out of ten that's what you need in your life because anyone that's cycling uh and understands the emotional roller coaster of like of hormones needs to understand they need a significant other in their life that's going to be there for them when you know when, when things go awry I think, I think a big misconception is that men assume that their significant other is going to automatically say no and be against it. And in right. my experience, what I've found is that if you hide your steroid usage from your wife, they're more mad at the fact that you hid it from them than the actual steroid usage. And especially if you're going into it educated, you're getting blood work done regularly, like you're, whether you're on doctor prescribed TRT, you're getting post-cycle therapies done it's really no different than them wanting to get a breast implant or something like that. Like you, you want to improve your physical appearance. It's not like you're using recreational drugs. It's not like you're coming home reeking of alcohol. It's not like you're gambling or anything like that. Right. So, so I think that's the smartest, um, smartest approach. And I really thank you for, you know, saying that, Hey, whether you're married or you a girlfriend or whatever, be open with them because the truth always comes out. It's just, it's a matter of time before wherever your stash is, they come across it or they find a needle in the garden. Like you, you think you, you think you can hide from them. They're going to find out eventually. It's just a matter of time. Exactly. Exactly. I think, I think you definitely need to have, you need to have, you know, them on board because like you said, you know, hiding it is automatically going to make them more suspicious of the use. Like, and, and my girl, like I said, she's a nurse. So if I was hiding it and one day she just found needles, and she'd go through the roof, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have that, you know, happen to our relationship and have that go down. Before we get into diet, let's talk a little bit more about your workouts. Um, are you on a, like a five day split or are you doing yeah, like a I, play rotation? I, I, you know what, I, I do a lot of Brazilian jujitsu and I do a lot of, I do some MMA fighting on the side. I like, um, I've been in jujitsu since, uh, let me see, like 2007. Um, so again, I was, I was always small. So, 
when I, I wrestled a little bit of high school and that's how Brazilian Jiu Jitsu kind of came back. Um, so my training split, it revolves around a lot of like upper body, like workouts. I don't do a lot of legs and there's a reason for it. Other than, other than like, I don't want to have gigantic legs. You've seen any MMA fighters, like rarely do you see them. They're more built like swimmers. They kind of require a little bit different of a body type. So it, during my, my five day split, like doing Monday, Tuesday on, and then Thursday, Friday on, and then one of those two uh, Saturdays, usually at Saturday or Sunday will be a back workout. And the reason is, is because my girl loves to do back. So I save back for the Saturday and Sunday. I will do at least two chest sessions on like the Monday or Tuesday day and then the Thursday or Friday day. So I work out chest twice a week. I kind of really want to pound on upper body because I like to have a fighter's build. I like to have like big, bigger, broader shoulders, a good chest, you know, good abdominals. I think shoulders are pretty much like the, like the centerpiece of a, of a, of a guy's like, you know, physique. So I try to, I try to just pound on upper body as much as I can. And, and what kind of gym are you going to? Is it like a franchise gym? Is it like a military gym? It is a franchise gym. Occasionally, I live near an Air Force base, so occasionally I want to go there. Um, you know, and, and you, I can use the Air Force facilities for free. It's just a further drive. So for right now, I go to a franchise gym, but I don't go to that one that you're thinking of. That one, <laughs> you're looking at me because I'm looking at you because you're looking at me. I do not go to that one. They don't even let me in there. <laughs> I got too many tattoos for that place. Yeah. So what, tell me about a franchise gym, um, because obviously you're, you're gifted at this. Those of you, you know, can go on and look at what Outlaw looks like on his YouTube channel or on the forum. He's a pretty jacked guy. So he's obviously genetically gifted, but he also knows what he's doing. So let me ask you this, because a lot of our listeners might be new to this. What are some mistakes that you made when you first started that you wish you could kind of go back that would have probably got you further today? What are some mistakes that you see every day when you go to that franchise gym? Because franchise gyms, let's be honest, most people don't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, go to a squat, squat rack and just watch, you know? I mean, they really don't. Steve, I could probably spend hours in my gym doing nothing but just videotaping the ridiculous things that I see in the gym. Um, but the, the one, the biggest, biggest thing I see is, I mean, I see a lot of people in my gym. I've been going to this franchise gym now for, oh, let me see, uh, probably about six years. So before I started cycling, I was at that gym. And, um, the biggest thing I've noticed is that the people that are all the long, like I see the gym, I see the gym as like a, like a subset of society. You see the same people every day showing up at the same time. It's like, it's like, they're almost like they're your coworkers or your friends. But I see a lot of people in the gym that work out and they train hard, but they never look any different. And the people that like, the, sometimes like people want my help, I'll, I'll, I'll cut weight for a fight. So I'll go into like a dramatic weight cut. And when you do a dramatic weight cut, people obviously notice, they say, hey, bro, you're looking ripped. So they'll come up to me and ask me questions. And the biggest thing it comes down to is diet. 90% of, of how you look, it comes down to the food you're eating. You cannot put 87 octane in a Ferrari and expect it to run right. So I, the first thing that people, when they come up to me, they say, Hey man, I've been working here for working out here for five years. I look no different. I know it's their diet. I know if they really sit down and they really break down their diet, that I could find a massive amount of things that they're doing wrong when it comes to diet. So let's, let's talk diet, Jason. So what, what should people do? Cause I feel like, I feel like people are so confused because you open up a magazine, one article is on carb cycling, one article is on keto, one article is on vegan, one article is on paleo, one article is on, if, like, I feel like the average person is just so confused on what a basic diet is. They just are like, screw it. They just eat fast food. 
Correct. So what do you think? What do I? Okay. So I'll describe basically how, like how I kind of like came to eat when I was in the air force. I don't know if you ever, you've heard of EAS experimental and applied sciences that was uh, owned by Bill Phillips. So Bill Phillips wrote a book back in the day called body for life. And I continue to swear by this book and it's probably, it's probably, I don't know if it's buried under like in the dust of like all the nutrition books that are online, but it should be, it should be the, it's the Phoenix should rise from the ashes because honestly that book, it basically breaks down like a kind of like a fundamental fighter's diet. It's meal planning, but it's just frequent eating. It's not weighing of food. It's just essentially dividing every meal that you eat into a portion of carbs, the size of your fist and a portion of protein, the size of your fist. And obviously, we're, you know, you pick from lists of like clean, you know, clean carbs, like, you know, red potatoes, um, brown rice, you know, quinoa, you're going to you're going to choose from good, good, clean carb sources. But then you choose from good protein sources, like, um, you know, a chicken breast, salmon, fish, I eat a lot of fish. Um, but essentially, it's just fundamental eating. And I try to eat every two and a half hours. That's pretty much the rule. I try to wake up, I wake up around five in the morning, I do fasted cardio only. So fasted cardio just became like, that's why they call it body for life, because it's like something you commit to. It's not a diet. It's just a way you just change your eating for the rest of your life. And I've been able to maintain that. I even maintained it on the road. The only way I did it when I was flying in the Air Force is I just had to plan. I had a bag, a, a bag specifically that had nothing but Myoplex shakes, pre-made shakes and, and uh, Myoplex bars at the time, because, you know, I trusted EAS at the time. I would just load this bag up with a bunch of supplements just to ensure I didn't miss meals because I think people, people don't understand all the misinformation. Granted, Atkins will work, paleo will work, carb cycling will work, but I want something that's going to work that I can maintain for the rest of my life, you know, and not have to like, can I, can I just not eat carbs for the rest of my life? Probably not, you know, so I try to just devise a diet that's just e e equivalent in carbs and protein and just fundamental solid nutrition, just eating from clean sources and a Love ton of water. What's, uh, what's, what's the places you shop? I'm curious because uh, if you eat a lot of fish, where are you getting your fish from? Man, I, we actually on the West Coast, I don't know if you guys have nuggets where you guys are. Do you have a nugget? No, I, haven't, I don't. Okay, so we, I, we have a place like, an, it's, it's kind of like, um, I was going to say Tahoe Joe's. It's kind of like uh, Trader uh, Joe's. It's kind of like Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's sprouts. It's like more of like a, like a, it's kind of more like, yes, whole like foods. Food. Exactly like that. So nugget is, is, is along those lines. They have really good cuts of meat. Um, a lot of it is, you know, it's like it's, it's farm raised, it's grass fed, you know, you're getting good meat, you're going to pay a premium on it. But that's one of the things I don't tend to tend to mess around with. Like if I'm if I'm buying cuts of lean meat, or I'm buying cuts of chicken, I want to get the best stuff out there. So but I eat a lot of chicken thighs. I know that's kind of a change up from what some like a lot of people endorse chicken breasts. I can't do chicken breasts for too long, and they're just a little bit too dry for me. So I try to eat chicken thighs. I just try to eat them in a little bit, uh, a little bit larger in quantity. Obviously, it's a little bit smaller than most chicken breasts. So help, help the listeners out. I'm sorry, Trevor. Let me just ask him this. But help the listeners out um, on food preparation with chicken. Because chicken is a very hard meat to cook. And, it and it, you put it in the fridge raw, and it goes bad pretty, pretty damn fast. And you cook it, and you put it in the fridge. And after two or three days, it smells kind of funny. Any, any tips on how to prepare it, how to cook it, how to store it? What I generally do is uh, my, my, my girl and I have kind of have this down to a science. And once again, it comes down to trial and error. 
on Sunday, we'll do like a big meal prep day where we'll cook all of our food on a Sunday. And we'll, you know, I'll throw down like five pounds of chicken on the barbecue grill. You know, my girl will be baking some fish. We kind of basically set up our meals on Sunday so that we're good to go at least until like Wednesday. I don't try to push it past like Wednesday because then you get into like the, the problem, of like having to store it and it smells funky. So I kind of try to make enough food for like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then because I take that Wednesday off of the gym, it gives me a little extra free time to kind of go in the kitchen and kind of not cobble together what I need, but see what I have left over and see what I can make for Thursday's meals. Then I'll just cook a little bit for like that final Friday, you know, just to get, just to get to the end of the week and have enough, have enough food to eat five to six times a day. Oh, and one of the things I didn't, uh, I, I do the body for life deal, but one of the things I kind of do a little bit of carb cycling. What I try to do is I try to take in all my carbs before 2 p.m. It was a, a trick I learned a long time ago from a wrestling coach about cutting weight. And he said, yeah, get all your carbs in before 2 p.m. Because after 2 p.m., you want your body to be running on body fat. You have enough carbs to kind of power you through the day. Let your body become a little bit more efficient. So cycle your carbs down after 2 p.m. So after 2 p.m., you pretty much, when I'm eating, you'll just see me eating like uh, just lean protein sources. You know, I'll be eating chicken breasts or I'll be eating some, uh, some fish or some eggs. I love eggs at night. I'll do breakfast for dinner a lot. And that's pretty much it. Are you, are you having vegetables at those meals? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I like <laughs> as a kid, I, I wasn't really into vegetables. My girl got me back into broccoli and green beans. So she'll cook, she'll, she takes care of the vegetables and I'll kind of, you know, I put about maybe four to six ounces with every meal. Like, you know, just take out a couple broccoli sprouts, but yeah, I try to get, I try to get it for every, for every meal I have. So Jason, this is all really, really good advice. I mean, really basic, really simple. These are things that you know, listeners are going to like. I'm going to bust your balls a bit. I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate. So I can tell that a lot of people listening to this podcast are going to make the excuse. I can't do what Jason's saying. That's too expensive. What would, what would you say to that? Cause it is true. You know, you go to the grocery store, you're going to buy good quality food. You're going to buy good quality lean meats, grass fed organic. It does add up. What, what would you say to that? Man, I, then I think it comes down to supplementation. I know supplements are expensive, but honestly, I think pound for pound, if you're looking at just sheer grams of like, I need this X amount of protein. Like, let's say it's, they say a pound, let's, let's assume a gram per pound of body weight. So you're trying to get to 200 grams. If you're going to eat 200 grams of protein, of solid food, you are, you are 100% correct that you're going to burn through a lot of money trying to get to that 200. That's where I think supplementation comes in. Because if you, if you, you could drink one myoplex, one myoplex shake is about, I think the last time I bought it was about $3 and 50 cents. Your meal, your typical meal replacement shakes, even like muscle milk. They got some, you know, some you could buy at stores. So if you pay $3 for that, $3 is about half the cost of what you would spend to like buy lunch at McDonald's. Cause McDonald's is running like six, seven bucks for everything on the menu right now to fill yourself with, with poison essentially. So what I say to say to those people, if you can't eat solid food and do all the prep and the time it takes to, to, to cook and, and prepare all that stuff, you have no other choice but to just go down to like your local health store, your local vitamin world and, and, and ante up on some protein powder. But at the very least, you're gonna need, you're gonna need protein powder, BCAAs and you know, maybe a, like one, one other supplement, like a multivitamin. That's really the only thing I think you need. I think if you have BCAAs and you have protein powder and you have a multivitamin, I think you're pretty much covering about 90% of what you're gonna need fundamentally to like grow or to, or to, you know, or to be lean, whatever your nutrition goals are. What other supplements have you taken over the past couple of years besides those? Have you been taking any, um, 
any on-cycle support supplements, PCT supplements, SARMs, anything like that? You're going to have to remind what that PC, what is that PCT thing that you said? <laughs> yeah, you're Ross and Cruz. You're Ross and Cruz, so no PCT for you. I don't do that. But yeah. no, on cycle, what I've typically done is I've usually done the over-the-counter. The over the counter. Like if I'm taking an oral, I'll take, you know, the, the milk thistle, um, you know, some liver support. Uh, I've never really, I've never really, I've always gone with the OTC, like, like split out. I'll take my uh, omega-3s. Um, what else? Oh, I'm trying to think of this, this stuff. I take zinc. I take magnesium. I used to take something called DIM for estrogen control. It's an mm -hmm. OTC. You can get it at Vitamin World. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Um, to, uh, I had some issues with estrogen control, obviously, when I wasn't taking an EI, an AI. I got my blood work done, and I actually went on OTC, no AI. I went on OTC over-the-counter supplements, and I was actually able to reduce my estrogen um, by about 30 points just by using DIM and using, like, OTC stuff. Um, so yes, I do try to, I do try to use like on cycle supplements and it usually revolves around orals. Like if I'm taking an oral, it's, it's milk thistle at a minimum. Um, and then I take my AI and that's pretty much it. A multivitamin. I, I try to stay away from creatine. I kind of think creatine, um, it makes me retain water. So I like to kind of, I like to kind of stay a little bit leaner and a little bit, you know, harder. So I kind of stay away from that stuff. What, what about everyone's favorite topic? Pre-workouts. Pre-workouts, man. You know what? I, I, I really, I don't even use a pre-workout. When I come in, I think the best pre-workout is like a double espresso at Starbucks and just, <laughs> just, I know, I know it sounds crazy. I'll go out and get like a black coffee. That, that caffeine to me is like my pre-workout. Um, nitric, I, I've used some like, uh, some nitric oxide supplements as like pre-workouts. I know there's a couple of companies that make them, but honestly, they make me, they make me jittery. Something in it, something in it just makes, uh, makes me freak out you guys remember jack jack 3d oh, I don't know if you yeah dude that was like you were so jack oh, couldn't even oh, work out you oh, that kind of stuff made me get it got made i thought i thought it had like methamphetamines in it or something like i was itching all the time it's crazy i think it's the arginine in it i think jack has arginine in it no, 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 no. jack I, the original jack 3d had amphetamines in it that's why i became well, well then there you go <laughs> they had they had a really yeah. Incredible. You, but, go ahead. Do you know why supplement companies push pre-workouts? Why is that? Highest markup. Wow. So the margins, the, the margins on are the best. So Basically. if you think, if you think about like everything you said, protein, yes. that is an expensive product to make, right? Cause the cost of raw materials are high. It's expensive to ship fish oil. The cost of raw materials are high, right? When it comes to pre-workout it's basically just stimulants some flavoring, maybe some amino acids, the most of those pre-workouts, they're getting a 400 to 500% markup. Wow. And it's, and it's addicting too, because if you start yeah. using it, you're going to have to depend on it every time you work out, you know? So it's, it's a great, it's kind of like Starbucks, like you were saying, people who stand at Starbucks, they're like going crazy. They got to have their coffee, you know? Yeah. You, it's the same, it's the, it's the same, it's the same basic thing. Like I never thought about the margins of like what they push for pre-workouts. Ever since jacked, I kind of just got away from it, and I kind of just use like uh, you know natural energy supplements. I, I'm honestly an energy drink guy. I need to get away from it. Um, I've actually had a kidney stone. Like it was about I don't know about 10, 15 years ago. But I'm trying to get away from energy drinks now. That's honestly my girl would probably rather me quit energy drinks before she has me quit PEDs. That's kind of the situation that I've got at this point. Yeah, you seem high energy. So I gotta, yeah, I, gotta, I don't think you need those.
Maybe you took one before the show, though. Jason, what are you doing? What are you doing for work now? So you mentioned that you worked for the Air Force for twenty years and you retired. Are you are you working now? Or are you doing your YouTube full time? What, what are you doing? Uh, you know what? I'm trying to Brett. Like, it, it's really funny. When I was in the military, I was a loadmaster, and well, like I already said, it, it was during a war, so it was a lot going on. We're flying combat missions into Iraq and Afghanistan. So when you come from a job like that, and then you go into the civilian world and you retire. There's no jobs out in the civilian world like loadmaster. Like nobody's doing that in the civilian in the civilian industry. So every loadmaster kind of goes through a little transition at the end of their career where they're like, uh, they kind of you got to find yourself again. You know, you got to kind of like look for something that, that you're passionate about. So I got a job with you know I got a job with a local pipeline company. I was a numbers guy. I was always good at math. Um, I was good at computers. So I kind of just figured like let me just get in where I fit in. I ha- I got my degree. I finished my MBA. So I have my master's in business um, that, the, that the Air Force basically paid for for free. Um, so I had, the, I had the degrees and the credentialing to like enter the workforce. The problem was when I entered the workforce, um, it wasn't something I felt passionate about. Like adding that when you fly airplanes into the combat zone for eight, you know, for 8,500 hours, and then all of a sudden you get out one day and you, you go to business meetings and you type on a computer and you add numbers, there's a, there's this, there's this inequality like this you don't feel you don't feel like there's an inequality in your life where you like oh before I was doing this thing it was so exciting and now I just kind of have this so as the years have passed I've kind of tried to get away from get away from things that I'm not passionate about and move more into like you know stuff that I really enjoy doing like one of the like the YouTube channel and like the stuff I'm doing now um I I train I train some people at the gym but obviously since I go to a franchise gym they kind of frown on that like you're giving any instruction they want their cut so, you know, I'm just kind of like branching out and doing my thing and just finding the lane I fit in, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Tell us a little bit about uh, your home life really quick. You mentioned your girlfriend a couple of times. Is she a big health nut as well? Yeah, my girl is actually, my girl is actually a huge, uh, she's just a huge part of my life when it, you know, when it comes down to everything. Um, as I, you know, as I told you, I was going through a, a brutal marriage back in the Back in like two, it started in 2012 and it continued, you know, it continued up until around 2013. Well, I had met my girlfriend and I decided that this was the move I needed to make and I decided to call it. Um, so I started the process of my divorce. And when my girlfriend came into my life, like there was just a lot of stuff going on. I have two kids, two boys. So there was just a lot of pressure going on in my life. And my girl came into, you know, came into my life and just, I don't know, she just brought an energy right around the time I was retiring, like all these problems I told you about, you know, just a few minutes ago, she kind of buffered all that. She gave me like a, a real reason to like, you know, push forward. Like if you've seen it, one of these days on my YouTube channel, I'll do kind of before and after, like people have come up to me and they said, Jay, when you were in the military, like, you know, you looked, a, you were, a, you were a certain person and you looked a certain, like a certain way. And now seeing me in 2019, they're like, you look completely different. And I think the reason I look completely different is because you become the energy that surrounds you. And if you have good energy surrounding you, you'll get good results, whether that be in the gym, like life, church, your neighborhood, like helping kids. I coach football. So a lot of people that go on my YouTube channel can branch off to my other YouTube channel. I coach, uh, I coach youth football out here in California. It's something I'm super passionate about, but it doesn't pay anything. It's all volunteer work. So, you know, you can only be so passionate about something until they turn your lights off. Yeah. So it sounds like she, you know, really, really was a positive influence in your life. And that's, that's really good to hear. Um, 
you know, that's really lucky to have. Do you think you'd ever date someone who wasn't a health freak? You know, not now. After after being with her, like I'm I'm more of a health freak than she is, but she like stays in shape. I mean, this she's she's a goddess. I mean, I I'm I'm more I'm not I'm not even I'm not even good enough to really like have her. She that's how that's how gorgeous this girl is. But she she's just like the glue that holds my life together. I mean, she you know she's good. She's great with my son. Um, you know, like I said, she's a nurse, so she's got a great career. She's just you know. She just, she's really the person that kind of like holds everything together for me and allows me to kind of like, you know, have that, you know, that, that propulsion behind me to like do greater things. We had a, we had a saying in the Air Force that the best way to increase speed is to, uh, I'm sorry, the best way to gain altitude is to increase speed and reduce drag. So she allowed me to do both of those things, you know, reduce drag in my life. She taught me how to like not, I used to be big into cars and spending big, big, big money into drag racing. Like I had all these, I had all these bro hobbies that I did, but when you, when it came down to it, I was just throwing money at stuff that really wasn't important, you know, cause when in life it comes down to like your experiences, you know, drag racing is great. Spending a hundred grand on a car is fun, but at the end of the day, like it didn't, it didn't forward your life as a person. So she kind of showed me that I needed someone to come in my life that was less materialistic and kind of show me that there's another way to live. And that's the yeah, this is this is huge because, um, you know, in life, no matter what we do, you got to surround yourself with positive people because you get negative people around you. You're fucked. I Correct. mean, positive people are so fucking important. So, I mean, all you guys listening, if you're in a toxic relationship, you're in a toxic friendship, anything. Family members are toxic. You've, you've got to separate yourself from that if you're ever going to be successful. That's like step one. So, Jason, I don't, I don't want to make this whole podcast about your girlfriend, but a right. great question and a question okay. we often get asked is, where did you meet this girl? Because you mentioned that you started off a long-distance relationship. So was, did you maybe meet her online? How did this work? So essentially what happened is uh, I, had, I had left uh, California. We have a, a military thing called TDYs, which stands for temporary. And military has acronyms for everything. So TDY means temporary duty. It means you're going somewhere for a little while. So I essentially, I had, I had left California and I got assigned in St. Louis. Um, I was at Scott Air Force Base. It's a little bit outside St. Louis. Like I think it's like about 50 miles west of St. Louis. So I got assigned to Scott Air Force Base. And uh, if you can believe this, man, I went on plenty of fish. <laughs> I don't know if you mean. I, I didn't know still around. You guys have plenty of fish. Yeah, plenty of fish. I think it's still around. I think it's. Still I thought. Around. I thought it's all. Uh, I thought it's all Tinder now. I didn't know people are still using plenty of fish. You know, it's funny. They're probably not, but Tinder, like Tinder, is even more shallow than plenty of fish. When I was on plenty of fish back in the day. This is two thousand. Uh, let me see. This is two thousand eleven. I met her. So when I got on plenty of fish, it was kind of more like Match.com. Like you had profiles, and but it was a little bit like the Wild West because you could kind of have like oh, I just want to like, you know, I want to hook up. It's not like Tinder, but it was like, you had all these different like things you were looking for. So when I went on there, um, I was only going to be in St. Louis for eight months. So I was going to be there just really temporarily. So I met her on Plenty of Fish and I saw her pictures and I was like, wow, this girl is beautiful. So I just messaged her on a whim and um, we, we spoke over the, you know, the Plenty of Fish app, I guess. I, I guess it's not an app, there's a website. We spoke over that for about maybe maybe like three hours until we exchanged phone numbers. And then once we exchanged phone numbers, we started texting each other. And then we met literally like the next day. So while, so while I do say like, yeah, we met online. I mean, did we really like online brought us together, but quickly within 24 hours, we had already met in person. Like I'm not the type to kind of like wait and, and like, 
like I see this stuff about people getting catfished online and I'm like, why did you talk to this person for eight months without meeting them? You know, like get, like, get it done. Like if you're going to meet someone, just, you know, go out and meet them. So within 24 hours, I, I met her and man, every, the, after our first date, I knew, I knew she was the one within a couple of weeks. I was pretty much like uh, in love with this girl. She was so, so, so you just put on there, you want like a short term thing and she put short term thing, but you guys ended up, is that what yeah. happened? Exactly. Exactly. We exa we discussed it because I told her I was like, "Hey, I'm leaving in eight months, so like, I'm not really looking for like a full time girlfriend." And she was like, "Well, that's great because like, I'm not really looking for a boyfriend. I'm just looking for somebody like to like, you know, share experiences with. And if there's a physical attraction, then I'm not against that either. But like, you know, you don't have to be my man." So I was like, "Well, great." So we entered the relationship like with zero pressure, and then within a few with like within a few weeks we started to notice, we started to like want to hang out with each other more and more. And the next thing you know, uh, we were pretty much like inseparable. I was seeing her pretty much like every day. Wow. Um, yeah, it just, it went down like that. Sounds like, sounds like the perfect Hollywood, uh, Hollywood lust. <laughs> it's, a, it's a crazy story. <laughs> so Jason, finish off the podcast. Let us know what you're planning for your next steroid cycle. All right. So, uh, my next steroid cycle, man, I have always, I'm a, I'm a Trenbolone fan. Anyone that watches my YouTube channel will know I, I like love Trenbolone. My body reacts very well to Trenbolone. So what I'm thinking for a next cycle is I, I, I have done Tren acetate at first and I really liked it, but I lowered the dosage. I was running 150 a week, which is a super, super low dosage for you know anyone that's run Tren A. I usually hear of dosages in the 250 to 300s. So what I'm going to do this time is since I like, I've tried Tren A and Tren E. Tren E was a really good cycle, but I noticed that I didn't get the same gains as I got from Tren A. Um, so what I'm going to do for this next cycle is I'm going to go back to Tren A, and I'm going to probably run it along the lines of like 250 a week instead of the 150 a week that I was running. Um, I'm going to run, I'm going to split my testosterones again into test prop and test sip. I'm going to run that at 400. I've run, I ran 500 uh, milligrams of test this last cycle. And it didn't feel any different than 400. So honestly, I, to, to stay you you know to stay dry, I like to stay lean with no water retention, and I don't want to have to run as much of an AI. So I'm gonna run my uh, my Tren A at 250. I'm gonna run my uh, my Test C at 250 and my Test P at 150 for a total of 400 per week. And then I'm probably gonna go on an oral. I've tried Winstrol and Anavar, and honestly, I like Anavar better. Um, I just like the results I get from it. My body reacts good. The past couple of cycles I've done, I haven't done orals. I've stuck with just injectables. Um, but I think this time around, I'm going to probably run an oral. I'm going to probably run an Anavar Oxandrolone at uh, 50 milligrams a day. And I'll probably cycle on and off. Like I'm going to do 30 days on. I'm going to take 15 days off and go for another 30 days on. I try to cycle back, you know, just cause liver, you know, liver values and, and whatnot. I try to take a little break from it. And you're going to be, you're going to be logging this, correct? Correct. I'm going to be, you're going to be using what supplement are you going to be using? I'm going to be using N2 guard, man. I'm going to be using, I'm going to be using the best they have to offer. And now, okay, great. So we'll get to see uh, N2 guard in action on your cycle. When are you starting the log? So guys can follow it. I am probably going to start that log. It will be more towards uh, the beginning of May because I like to do kind of like an, like an intro to the, I like to be getting my results right around the time summer starts for obvious reasons. Me and my girl are going to go on a cruise. So I want to be the, I want to be the most jacked and juicy guy on the boat. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. And, and then are, you, are you doing this log on evolutionary.org? Correct. Okay, cool. Cool. So everyone who's interested if you go on the evolutionary.org forums on May outlaw B2, I'll be doing a log so you can see all the, all the, all the details. Yes, sir.
Cool, Jason. Uh, for our listeners, where can they find out more about your YouTube channel? What's the link? Outlaw V2? Yes, Outlaw V2, straight on YouTube. So it'd be www.youtube.com and then just Outlaw V2, and it'll come up. Just put me in the search log. You'll see me. I got a beard. I kind of look a little bit like a Viking. So if you see me on the podcast cover channel, you just look for that guy. How many followers do you have so far? Uh, I think, man, I'm, I'm, I think I just eclipsed over like 200 or something like that. I mean, I'm, like, it's pretty... It's really funny because uh, my my YouTube one of my YouTube videos has ten thousand views and it got ten thousand views in like three months. I think it's because it has Trenbolone in the title, but that yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you put Trenbolone in the title, boy, yeah. you get mad views. So it's like one of those things. I don't have it linked to like I don't have it linked to like an Instagram channel or like you know any kind of Snapchat. So I'm putting together all my social media. Obviously, this podcast will help. Um, so yeah, I'm just you know getting the subscriptions up and then uh, seeing where my YouTube channel takes me. Just, just one piece of advice, Jason. Whenever you're doing uh, a steroid video on YouTube, don't spell the steroid properly because YouTube will actually search like testosterone or trenbolone and things like that. And if you have a popular channel, they might shut you down. Okay. So, so like, if you're spelling trenbolone, put like two L's or put like two O's or something. Gotcha. Like, okay. YouTube's not smart enough to like search everything. We'll just search, you know, Deca or Anavar or things like that. So just watch out for you. I don't want you to get your YouTube channel shut down. Oh yeah, and I don't want. I definitely don't want to either. But you're, uh, gonna, lose, you're gonna lose your 200 uh, followers if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> you'll probably double. You'll probably double, quadruple that after this podcast. There will, yeah, there will be. I was gonna say if, if that happens, there will be 200 sad people in, in the world right now. For 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 all our listeners, I will have Outlaws YouTube channel in the show notes, so make sure to check it out. Uh, for your host Trevor Karitzen, for my co-host Steve Smee, and for our special guest Outlaw V2, this has been another episode of Evolutionary Radio. Live your life, look good doing it. Thanks for listening.